Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Close to the Mark podcast, episode two. Hey, we've done it. <laughs> hey, this is Charles. Corey here, as always. And uh, we're going to get right into it this week uh, with episode two of the Close to the Mark, po- to the Mark podcast. Easy for me to say. Uh, but it's very exciting to be back. Um, we did have a, a delay of a couple of days. Um, just to let everybody know, um, we have done a little bit of uh, retooling. And, and as far as scheduling goes, we think that uh, Sundays are going to be the best day for us to record. Um, that means that, uh, you know, we're going to go into publication on Sunday morning and, uh, you know, we'll try and work on some things to get the RSS feeds out there as soon as we can. Um, but uh, we'll be we'll be publishing uh, on Sunday mornings, um, going live, uh, hopefully within about 24 hours on all major platforms. And uh, we'll be doing a lot more to, to share uh, now that we have um, a set recording schedule and now that uh, – now that we're already live on iTunes, iTunes, Overcast, Podcast Watch, Pocket Watch, Pocket Watch, Pocket uh, Cast, Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast. That's a good one. Uh, also, uh, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. Hey, um, and don't uh, forget Stitcher. That one did work. Stitcher and uh, gosh, I feel like there's there's one or two more, uh, but essentially on any podcast listening platform that you guys enjoy, uh, we're out there. Just type in close to the mark. And you'll see us. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, if you'd like to contact us or share your thoughts on all the events in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment, uh, you can email us, close to the mark podcast at gmail.com. That is close to the mark podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us your thoughts. We might read them uh, on the next episode, and we'd, gl- we'd be glad to know what you guys think of everything that's going on in the world of professional wrestling, sports entertainment. Tell us about uh, your thoughts on the greatest Royal Rumble, yeah. Raw, SmackDown, NXT 205 Live, uh, TNA, Ring of Honor, whatever you got, bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Well, Corey, let's get into it. Uh, so uh, this week, uh, the biggest story in the world of professional wrestling, obviously, the greatest Royal Rumble. Well, I think potentially the greatest story the greatest, in the history of professional wrestling is the greatest Royal Rumble. Certainly the biggest story in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, because uh, <laughs> because it's going to be funding WWE now for the next what twenty five years twenty five years yeah they got a three they got a they got a one digit number but the second word was billion yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so they made so much but the biggest the biggest story I think was a uh, the tightest worldwide the yeah. fall. <laughs> I mean, I think was Titus ever a baseball player? Was he trying to slide home? I was think he... he was trying to avoid something. I don't know. I read, I read one analysis that said, um, you know, Hornswoggle was in the Greatest Royal Rumble. He has a tendency to hide under the ring. He had to check for it. Titus was just checking to make sure no Hornswoggle under the ring. And what makes you a corporate executive? You do such a good job thinking of problems and solutions that. That most people don't think they'd be there. Right. <laughs> so no one else thought to look for horns while underneath the ring. So it makes Titus worldwide. I great. am I am curious to know though, like what if the boogeyman had been under there? Like I'm just I'd just love to know, like, what if Titus had just come out like freaking out, like you guys, what's you know what's under there? <laughs> you know what's underneath there? They what if I'm the 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 gates to hell Kane always crawls out. Oh, he's lucky he didn't fall in. He came so darn close. Lucky, because you don't come back from that. You know, but, uh, but yeah, man, I'm serious, Nolan. What'd you like about the show? Well, 
So let's talk about the big event in Jeddah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Um, obviously, you know, from a from a fan's perspective, watching the event, um, very different uh, layout to the arena. They had so much of the premium seating for the House of Saud, the Saudi royal family, yeah. uh, around ringside. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't like the typical array of floor seating you would see in an arena or a stadium. Um, it, it limited for the most part until they did camera cutaways to the to the larger crowd, but it limited kind of the sense of how many people you felt were there. Yeah. Um, but you know, here here's a good example. Uh, you know, when they do cut to the to the larger stadium crowd, you know, you could definitely tell it, it certainly was a sold out event. Big time. Um, but tickets were two dollars, though. Right. And 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 by all accounts, it doesn't seem like. Um, like a lot of the people who were there didn't pay for the tickets because uh, it, uh, apparently, according to uh, Dave Meltzer and Wrestling Observer Live, um, they went from like one day there were tons and tons of tickets left available thing. in all different sections. So they were gone. With, with the exception of there were no more single male tickets available. Those had sold out. But like all the other seats in the entire stadium were available and then the next day, it was entirely sold out. So yeah, it's it's so weird, and I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but it's so weird that they're single male tickets, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, they sold out, and I'm trying to figure out with the with the boatload of money that WWE got from it. All right, and uh, the fact that they got paid some of the gate too, from what I understand. Do you think the amount of money that they got just up front for doing it was so huge? That they did not care about the gate or anything like that anymore, so they were more on board with just saying, "Just put them in here." I think it's I think it's actually more likely that um, the Saudi government, who were a huge part of promoting this event, yeah. um, probably just purchased all of the tickets. I mean, if I if I like all of them. when you think of the amount of money they paid to contract WWE to come and do this performance and nine more over the next 10 years, like, I think it's just a drop in the bucket to have the added expense of just buying all of the tickets for the whole show. Just buy out the the entire stadium, and then that way you know you're going to have a packed house because now now you're distributing tickets at no cost. And exactly. I guess it's easy to fill the house when the stipulations just show up. I have a feeling the event, as they as they used to call it back in the day, was papered. <laughs> Is that what it means? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I think the show itself, though, the show itself was pretty good. I didn't like the, the AJ Shinsuke ending the double countout. Like, the endings, the endings and how the show went felt like a house show. But the production and the way they talked about it felt like WrestleMania 34 and a half. So obviously, um, it, uh, it, it was um, a major event feel um, for, you know, for the people who were there. And, and like you say, you know, it had pyro, which is something we're not used to seeing from yeah. WWE anymore. Um and, uh, you know, you did, honestly, like, you don't have uh, Triple H, John Cena, Rey Mysterio, Mark Henry. Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. You don't see those guys at your local house show in North Charleston or Topeka or, you know, 
Like, it is those big it's events. It's not a $600,000 check attached to North right, Charleston or right. Topeka. That's, that's correct. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't personally pay millions of dollars to make sure that those guys are going to be there. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but for the right money. But it's, it's, it blows my mind. And I don't really... I want to live in a world that these dudes are so committed to kayfabe that they're not even people outside of their characters anymore. And the best... But this, this event put that to rest... Like, you put it like this, The Undertaker, I still don't know if they brought him back at WrestleMania to squash John Cena just to make it so he didn't make his return at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi. They'd rather have in WrestleMania, but they knew he was going to be back anyways. That's so he right. might as well cash in That's on. a really interesting question, and, 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 you know, it's not something I considered, but it's a reasonable enough question to ask, and it actually... You know, there's there's no reason why I wouldn't think that's the type of thing that they would do Definitely. is say, okay, so the Saudi royal family, when they paid us this, you know, check with a B at the end, the check with B, yeah, and, uh, and the other letters are alien by the billion, yeah. <laughs> so so when they when they wrote that check in the in the what is the check for line, they specifically wrote in the Undertaker yes. got to be there. Yeah, Triple H. We're gonna need him. Yeah, we need all the biggest stars. And then, and then they got Vince got tunnel vision when he saw the billion number, which I can't blame him. But it's crazy to think that they would throw out two years worth of kayfabe and tradition for the paycheck. So Undertaker's supposed to show up at WrestleMania. That's it, right? But when the money was good. He was like, well, I'm like an exception show up in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that's a pretty simple phone call to, for Vince to make, though. You want to make six hundred grand in Mark, eight minutes? Mark, I'm, I'm going to need you for Saudi Arabia. And uh, don't worry, though. Your your paycheck is uh, $5.5 million. <laughs> so, And you're going to work for four minutes. And you know this guy named Rusev? Well, you probably never heard of him, but... You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. And break Aiden English neck while you're at it. So the, so we know we need Taker back for the Greatest Royal Rumble because the money's just too good to turn it down. Exactly. And, and they, they require The Undertaker. So, yeah, at that point... So like, we're going to cash in on The Undertaker. you got to bring him back. got to bring him back for WrestleMania and, uh, and at least establish, like, if the Saudis want to see The Undertaker win... And his last match at WrestleMania was a loss to Roman Reigns. You need a match against somebody like John Cena for him to to squash Cena and put the Undertaker back on that legendary dead man footing. Not it a really, nice question. Really wouldn't surprise me at all, though, if you're entirely right about that. Well, I want to know if if because ah, maybe this is weird, and I don't mean to be uncomfortable. But if I'm Undertaker and I have the the, the body work that man has. I'm not having my last match in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I would suspect. Um, I would suspect again, though, the fact that we saw him at WrestleMania, with the fact that we saw him at the Greatest Royal Rumble, means we're gonna see him. I don't think he has had his last match, and but, you know, but there's ten years of Jeddah here. Yeah. So um, though he's gonna wrestle WrestleMania, Jeddah Prince is gonna say, "We really want Undertaker again." He's gonna say, "Well, looks like I gotta go to Jeddah." Now we're back. Here a year later, saying I don't think he's gonna do his last match in Jeddah though, and then he has to go to WrestleMania. So when's it actually gonna get cut off? Well, so I don't know. I, I don't know why. I kind of have a feeling like 
The Undertaker debuted with WWE uh, when it was WWF in 1990. I was um, born in 1990. Let's put that out there. Okay, I was born. So, so that's that's when Mark Calloway made his debut as the Undertaker character. That's the heart punch guy, ain't it? Uh, he, was, he, he was when he was Mean Mark. He used to do the heart punch. What a scare! Was it protective finisher? You know it was, and I, I mean, I just, I remember, I remember when I was a kid, I'd see the way he would grab the guy's left arm by the wrist, hold the wrist, and tuck it behind his head, oh my God. which exposed the heart and the sternum, so that that punch had that much more impact, and I was, con- I was convinced that there had to be, I mean, that had to be a legitimate move. Because why why would you take the man's wrist and put it behind his neck to expose the heart like that? It's all about angles. Unless that was a legitimate move. The well, only thing that scared me was that the impact from the punch might actually stop somebody's heart one day. Well, they went, afraid, they fell down and they down for three right after that. I was afraid it was going to be fatal. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, glad no, it wasn't ever fatal, but right. that heart punch, the impact. I'm worried, actually, that The Undertaker might have killed a man with that move, had to bury him, and that's how The Undertaker character was born. Maybe this is controversial. Did he ever hit the Ultimate Warrior with a heart punch? Uh, I've read read conspiracy theories that say Ultimate Warrior died, then they put a new Ultimate Warrior on there to run with it. You know, I don't think the the I don't think Undertaker was using the heart punch at that point anymore. I'm gonna actually have to go back though now and watch. And that's a great that was a great period of wrestling when the Undertaker no and Jake the Snake Roberts teamed up to play mind games and uh, torture and torment the Ultimate Warrior. That was uh, what a weird part of wrestling that was must have been, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was it was very weird back then. Not at all like. Anything going on no, today? Let me ask one more question about this, then we can move on. When you have like a, when you have, oh man, what's his name with the Neville? Mm-hmm. Neville, what, what's the what's his finisher called? The Red Arrow. The Red Arrow. So when you have Neville climbing the rope for the Red Arrow, and he's doing his little fingers mm-hmm. up, and you're getting hyped because the Red Arrow's coming. I think it's the most protective mm-hmm. finisher. Would you get that hyped up when the Undertaker was tucking their wrist into their Behind their head, preparing for the finish. Oh, I, but see, I lived, I lived in fear and dread of the heart punch. It wasn't <laughs> a move I want. It wasn't a move I wanted to see. Oh, it was wow. a move I was scared. It was just a shame that it had to happen. <laughs> he needed the warning of "Don't try this at home." Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right, yeah, you don't do that. You don't do. You don't do the heart punch. Yo, you can stunner me. You can moon salt yeah. me. Yeah. You can hit me with the what's oh. the. The Iron Claw. Absolutely. But the heart punch, off limits, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Sooner take a pile driver. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Uh, that's awesome. All right, well. <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's go through and, and, and try to recap, uh, you know, what did go down uh, at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, started off with um, Triple H and John Cena opening match. Good match, too. Yeah. Good match. Everything I've seen, uh, everything that I've seen about it, the finish was great. All right, ended with the with the AA monkey flip into the side ropes, back into the AA mm-hmm. for the win, which was great. I don't back to what I said about the house show though. That's why I mean like the booking felt more house showish because send the fans home happy. Well, no, there's the starting it's the starting event. 
Well, no, I but I mean like make sure that the result. Is yeah, make sure like they're the happy crowd, at the end. Crowd, of the yeah. yeah, but uh, like, like what does that mean if John Cena's getting squashed and losing everybody, but then he beats Triple H clean? It, it means that John Cena is more popular among the many little kids that were in that stadium than Triple H is. So should we take like I guess let me phrase it like this: Should we assume the greatest Royal Rumble? Is non-canon every year. Uh, well, I think... So, WWE, it's interesting because it seems from the way that the announcers talked about the event, the new records that were established by Braun Strowman and Daniel Bryan, um, as far as uh, time spent in the Rumble, eliminations, mm-hmm. seems as though the event is canon. Um I'd, I'd say also to that point, we had a we had one title uh, in, in change hands oh, from vacant to uh, mm-hmm. last week I said Bray Hardy. So this week I'll try and be careful and say Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt um, <laughs> are your new Raw Tag Team Champions, beating the Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro, which um, is ridiculous. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of these tag teams being a team for two weeks, three weeks now maybe, and just come in, ride this wave of people excited that they're a new team, get the championship, and then what? Well, it's it's so it's kind of interesting that you would have those two teams face off against each other because you have Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. Bray L. Wyatt. Did he get the pin? Uh, no, Matt. Matt got the pin. So he technically didn't win. Matt, he just was on the winning team. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but you have these two guys who have been mortal enemies in a blood feud with each other. Talk about say Seamus Shaw right now. No, I'm talking about Bray and Matt right oh, okay, now. Okay, my bad. Okay, and, blood feud. And <laughs> and they they are put. They're thrown together into a tag team, and now that they've overcome the differences that made them fight head-to-head... Well, tell them, they didn't overcome the differences. He threw them into the lake of reincarnation. That's he true. killed them. Well, no, he, 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 he killed, sis- killed Sister Abigail. No, then he put Bray in there, too. And then Bray came back and said, <laughs> I get it. Wonderful. It's wonderful, which is fun when they do that, by the way. But, uh, but, but yeah, so, I mean, these guys were feuding yeah, as yeah. they were singles opponents, and now they are much more effective as a tag team to the point that they're champions. And the team that they were in there head-to-head with, uh, exactly the same story, Seamus Cesaro. But that was a real blood feud, Seamus Cesaro. Remember how dumb, this is, this is... I'm gonna knock. I'm gonna knock like wrestling fans in general right now, because this is what happens a lot, too often. Is I remember when Sheamus and Cesaro were doing their best of seven series, great match series, yeah, by the awesome way, awesome matches, right? But everyone was so mad when that last one was a draw. These and guys are like, just that evenly matched. Yeah, that's what I was like. And then they were like, "Well, they got to be a tag team." Everyone on squared circle everywhere. I'm pretty sure I was in the same boat. I don't remember anymore, but I'm pretty sure I was say boat is this is dumb. Why would you do this best of seven just to have not calling it anything? Now they're a tag team? No one wants to see that. But lo and behold, now everyone's like, man, this team's pretty good. Yeah, I mean... You know? They've been together how many years? They don't just set the bar. They They are are the bar. bar. But how long have they been together? Two years? Two and a half years? Uh, Maybe a little little less, a little more. I'll go with that. And all these boys are doing is 
like actually doing well. They've beaten well, they've beaten everybody. Yeah, they're they're a very good tag team. <laughs> yeah, and you got Bray and Matt. And did, if anyone saw Matt walk into the ring during uh, the Grays Royal Rumble, he can barely move. The boy's in Mick Foley territory at this point. He walks like a uh, a swinging door. Yes, he walks exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he's in he's in the territory that's like his body's given up on him. Yes, and then they have Bray. Last week, everyone knows my feelings on Bray hasn't changed, even though he has a, 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 a memorabilia token for when he loses it. But uh, I just don't get how they, and even in kayfabe, or even as a storyline, none of those dudes are that over from a wrestling perspective. Matt literally can't wrestle very much anymore. Bray is good at talking, not doing. And what's the point of having them win? Who's the next programmer? Well, I think I think... I think it has to build to to them. I think ultimately it has to build to Bray Wyatt betraying Matt Hardy, and then what? costing them the titles, and then we redo the same feud we did before this happened. We do, but this time Bray has to win. He oh, has to, Bray has first, to win for, for the first time in his life. <laughs> The man needs a win. He needs a win. I I just feel like am I having deja vu right well, now? Well, I just so what I what what I what I would say is I think the problem with them as a tag team, as much as I am a Matt Hardy fan and and have been for God way too long. I mean, mm-hmm. since uh, really since am I am I correct in thinking it'd be back into the late nineties? And I'm pretty sure that is right. When when I mean, legitimately, I was a Matt Hardy fan. Uh, you know, back in the Days of of him and Jeff, um, you know, being essentially a jobber team in yeah. in WWE even before they were the Hardy Boys. Um, so I, I'm I've been a huge Matt Hardy fan for a very long time and continue to be. Um, but I will acknowledge, like you know, the Undertaker is probably more flexible and capable of Definitely. moving in the ring right now and pulling off moves than Matt Hardy is. Um, and I think the problem with putting Bray and Matt together is that it will, in probably pretty short order, be the death of the Woken movement. Because you just can't carry the momentum of Woken Matt Hardy and the delete chance and you know the the lunacy that his character brings yeah. when you tie him into a tag team and saddle him with Bray Wyatt it's he's not going to be able and i think the 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 extension of, of that comes because in a tag team with Bray Wyatt uh as raw tag team champions they're not going to let Matt Hardy cut the kinds of promos and record the kind of segments that will keep that character over. He's not going to be yeah. in that position on the card and on the roster anymore. Um, where, he, where should that position be? Well, I think uh, certainly, you know, even when they when they did WWE's uh, Ultimate Deletion, mm-hmm. um, it was the main event. Mm-hmm. And I think... But it was just on the camera, though. It wasn't, they just played it on screen, but a lot of people didn't even see it. Right, but it was the closing segment for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it kind of has to be, because it is, uh, it is you know, so out there. And 
I think if he's if you're in the mid card spot, which the tag team titles definitely are mid card, exactly. um, you're not going to be cutting the ludicrous promos and the vignettes and the special. Yeah, it's more serious at yeah. the main event level. Well, you're not going to be doing the, the the special recordings that'll air to close out the show as Raw Tag Team Champions, and I think honestly, like that's always what what got the broken slash woken Matt Hardy character over was that he had all these ideas for how you can continue the story and propel the character and, you know, the level to which he would take things. If he's not going to be allowed to do that, and I don't see him being allowed to do that as Raw Tag Team Champion. I'm going to one-up you. I'm not only saying that I don't think he would be allowed to do it. I question how much people would actually want to see it. I think people will want to see it um, if if it if the feud between Bray and Matt reignites. Um, I think people would like to see you know one last spectacular flare from Woken Matt. Um, but I think but 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 Bray would have to win. So you need a spectacular I mean, flare. History has proven that Bray does not have to win. No, but Bray I agree, will, Bray. Will, no. Bray needs the win. Yeah, I would say Bray always needs the win. He just never actually gets the win. But I just, oh man, I just, I don't like either one of them. Matt Hardy, he was cool when I was a kid, you know. But I, I only really know Matt and Jeff as a combo is what I'm most familiar with. And even then, it's just Jeff doing crazy stuff that always made him seem relevant. But Matt, he, he looks like a skinny mankind to me. Like a skinny Mick, Mick, uh, Mick Foley that uses good hair products. Yeah. Because he walks the same, like you said, like a swing door. And it's I've always thought that it gets to the point when you get older and stuff, it's, uh, what was that uh, Randy Orton thing, the, the, the dot, 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 headlock. You know, because once you get a little bit older and you can't rely on doing these crazy flips and tricks and stuff, you always have to fall back to the psychology of the business and that's what the older dudes are trying to tell the younger dudes later, is the psychology of the business is going to last forever. From the time you first get in to the time you retire, the psychology will always exist. These flips and stuff will not. They can't. Your body won't allow it. So I feel like you need to transition to the psychology eventually, and that's what you usually see with the older guys. I feel like that's why everyone says they put on great, you know, the, the psychology matches are good. Mm-hmm. But I don't even see that that well with Matt Hardy. Right. I don't see that either. So he doesn't have this physical tools. Well, there's a reason There's a reason that Matt Hardy was not in the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Because he couldn't climb the ladder. That would have been a great spot. He literally couldn't lift his leg up. And he certainly couldn't fall off the ladder oh, or well, flip off the ladder. He would have turned that dust. Yeah. You know, that would have been it. But speaking of, speaking of, speaking of turning to dust and whispers of the wind, what about gender? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and people talk about uh, Jinder's flop for, for Whisper in the Wind. Um, it must have been one serious gust of wind to knock him over. Serious, humongous. We're still, we're still have the house bunker down here for when that shockwave makes it boards, to here. Boards on the windows, yep, just to make sure. That's a, that's a big gust of wind. Yeah. Tornadoes don't knock dudes over. But he also, you know, I mean, and I, and I, I hate to critique uh, Jinder Mahal ever, but... Um, Speak lightly of the modern-day Maharaja. That was also one of the worst uh, jobs receiving a twist of fate 
that I've seen. I think he managed to simultaneously land on his feet, his knees, his hands, and his face all at the well, same time. Well, but his form of taking the bump was great. Flat back, hands out. <laughs> yeah. like it, it looked, I mean, it looked yeah. like one of those uh, like tough enough things that they were like, take a bump. Yeah. Triple H, and he just, He's like, I can do this. Throw himself backwards. Yeah, so maybe he was just proving... Like, maybe he started at the very bottom to try to win over the crowd. And he said, well, let's make them believe I belong here. I can take a bump. I'll show you. I'm sorry that Jeff happened to do the his whatever he was doing. Was it Twist of Fate or Swanton? Well, twist, was of fate, the twist of Fate and then a Swanton. Okay. And that was the end. So, uh, I said, so first I'm going to show you guys I can sell. Then we'll go from there. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's, I mean, really, the story of the Greatest Royal Rumble... And I think it's I think in some ways it's unfair to to call it a glorified house show. Um no, but really. but but I will acknowledge um after after Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy won the Raw Tag Team Championships from the current champion vacant. Mm-hmm. Um great champ by the way. And uh good lord, man, have you seen that guy's list of championships and accomplishments in wrestling? I think he's won the Grand Slam. Vacant is a surefire Hall of Famer as soon as he retires. 100%. Um, the question is, I feel he's not retired. Well, The Undertaker hasn't retired. Exactly. Vacant seems to have a lot of gas left in the tank. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but that was the only title that changed hands on the show. Um, so when we talked... Which didn't change hands, it just went from right. invisible vacant hands. Right, so so yeah, that was a that was a essentially uh, a championship uh, that now has um, champions. Um, all the other matches on the show, many of them were for championships. You had the cruiserweight championship, uh, which was Cedric Alexander versus uh, Kalisto. Mm, the uh, match, but still two or five lives. Uh, yeah, and I, I I would say I really enjoyed the match. I know uh, you know that's a match I I, I just happened to hear this morning. Uh, Meltzer say that he probably thought that was the best match on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so I definitely I'm I'm a big fan of 205 Live. Um, wow. I I'm a big fan of 205 Live. I am not necessarily the biggest fan of um, these two guys individually as the ones to to main event their their show or be in the title picture for their show. I I um I really like Drew Gulak. Me too. Um I I feel like there's there's actually a number of guys um on that show. Mustafa uh, Ali. Mustafa Ali put it. together his promo before the WrestleMania match, his promos he was putting out were ten out of ten. Those little cell phone ones he made about being a cop and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then they also delivered the most cringeworthy segment that I've ever seen in three years, three and a half years watching this of heart, soul, when they were just yelling at each other across the ring like this is a Pokemon battle. Yeah. Yeah. They could have had a tug of war over the belt. I I guess so. But they were just yelling. These are big, strong, grown men. And Cedric is yelling, "Uh, heart. No, he's yelling soul. And when I was a lead, young heart back at him, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and obviously they're saving the Buddy Murphy program uh, for a real pay-per-view. Uh, but, um, but you know, Buddy Murphy, you know, they came up with the excuse of he weighed in at 207 pounds this past week. So he's not eligible for a title fight, let alone a match. Um, so... Uh, you know, so weird. So Buddy Murphy, who's also been just absolutely like, 
you talk about Neville and and the Red Arrow, uh, Buddy Murphy and the things that that guy is capable of on 205 Live. Absolutely insane. Um, From what I understand, he's one. He's great. They say like they say skill wise, he's very 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 good. Mm-hmm. I want to know where that Hideo Tommy is though, because I like him. Um, Itami and so and, and and funny we mentioned that because last week uh, when we recorded it was Grand Metalik whose name just evaded me for some reason mm. and I could not for the life of me remember Grand Metalik's name but but Itami so it, for anybody who's seen Hideo Itami on NXT and and who when he has teamed with and ultimately had a a, a match with Finn Balor yeah um, Itami is. A great, great wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is he is absolutely fantastic, um, and I don't know why it is that Finn Balor is considered somebody who can be part of the main roster and be a championship contender, be in Intercontinental Title ladder matches, while Itami has to be regulated to two hundred five live. See what you just said is the problem with two hundred five live. Two of all of live is a demotion. Yeah. And yes. that's why it's stupid. Because it cannot work. It's, I mean, uh, all it is is saying, I'm going to take all these guys that, that cannot compete. It's a participation trophy. Well, uh, and, so and, and I don't cannot have, compete with the big dogs. Let's give them their own show. I really don't have a problem with there being a cruiserweight division to wrestling. Because I think when you look at it in, in terms of, you know, UFC and boxing and other competitive, you know, combat sports, you don't put Floyd Mayweather in the cage with Brock Lesnar. Why not? Uh, well, because Floyd's too because, small and Brock's because, too big. Because other than you, Floyd Mayweather has never been more scared of anyone than he would be of Brock Lesnar. Well, he's not scared of me yet. Well, he when should I, be. When I get him in the ring. But, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But... Why do they got to be inferior? Well, I don't think they should be inferior. And I think part of the problem, um, pro- part of the what creates the perception of that is that they are relegated to their own brand and their own show. Um, if you're part of 205 Live, you can't seemingly compete for the Intercontinental chi- title or the U.S. title. And I think they should be able to compete for those titles. Also... I, I don't see a reason why the 205 Live competitors are no longer featured on Raw or SmackDown or any other WWE show. I think they absolutely should feature 205 Live matches or cruiserweight matches. I think, I mean, honestly, I think the name, I understand what they're going for. I would get rid of the 205 Live name, the branding the everything 205 Live. Call them the cruiserweights, guys. That's what they are. Call it the cruiserweight division. There's no reason that cruiserweights can't compete for uh, re- your regular WWE titles. But the issue you have, though, is if you are a cruiserweight person and you can compete, and by compete, I don't mean compete like participate in the match. I mean, like, of course, you may win, right? If you can compete and win for the Intercontinental U.S. Uh, heavyweight, World Heavyweight, Universal Championship, why in the world are you competing for the Cruiserweight Championship? Well, and, and, and that's why you need to establish that the Cruiserweight Championship has the prestige of these other titles. That's why it should be on Raw. It should be on SmackDown. It should be on your main programming. Um, you know, it should be a featured uh, belt 
the same way the IC and US titles are. So, but only X amount of people are allowed to compete for it. Yeah, oh. cut. Well, how how cool of a program would it be to have a Braun Strowman? But you know the thing they do at UFC that like they'll stand on the scale, but they can hold the towel. And if you hold the towel, like they put the towel in front of you because you're saying you're naked to, to minimize your weight. Trick is if you hold the towel just a little bit on your end, you, you can cut like one or two pounds. Yeah, right? yeah. How how dumb or cool would you have Braun Strowman get on a scale, say I'm entering the two hundred five live tournament, hold the towel or something? Hold a towel made out of stainless steel. Exactly. Clearly doing a push up on the towel. Coming at two hundred four point. To- toes are the only thing touching the scale at this point. Only one of them. And two hundred three. Two hundred three. Then he enters. But I mean, I mean, I'm serious. No. Like, it's hard to take these guys seriously when, one, they cannot compete with the other people. I'm not saying they cannot. They don't. Right? I think it's lazy booking. But it's... it's it's problem. I think the real problem is trying to introduce even more players into an already stacked roster. Well, and I think... So I think... I think... Here's the thing. Call them the cruiserweights. Yeah. Make it a cruiserweight title... And create a cruiserweight tag title because, very honestly, like there is um, there is no shortage of guys on the WWE roster right now who could be competitive in a cruiserweight division and a cruiserweight tag division. Um, you saw Roderick Strong from NXT uh, from the Undisputed Era now mm-hmm. uh, enter the Greatest Royal Rumble, uh, and you saw Rey Mysterio. Um, who's certainly well under that 205 mark, uh, compete in the Royal Rumble. There's no shortage of guys in NXT, on SmackDown, on Raw, who could be part of a very competitive cruiserweight roster. And the thing is, you can have a cruiserweight title and cruiserweight tag titles, or light heavyweight tag titles, whatever you want to call it. Um, You can make that a competitive featured division that is a part of Raw and SmackDown. And... That's not to say that when somebody has great success, when somebody's a Neville, when somebody's a Finn Balor, when somebody's an Atami, a Buddy Murphy, whoever they might be, who has great success in that division, that they cannot enter into a a match or competition for the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title. Well, first things first, though. The problem with is, uh, what we talked about last week, though, is... uh Problem is the the big dudes, the tag teams seem to only be relevant if you're humongous. Two huge dudes in the tag team division are what it takes to be good. You further push that idea if you have a cruiserweight tag team division. Look at Matt, barely walking. Look at this dude. We're watching a Greatest Royal Rumble right now. Just have it playing in the background recording and uh, the Matt Hardy and... Bray Wyatt combo just walked out here and he's, he's, oh, mercy. Is Bray Wyatt, though, he actually is wearing a, essentially a swamp camouflage trench coat? He's still Bray Wyatt. Right. He's still Bray Wyatt. So, I don't get it. Remember, I mean, maybe WWE just ignores, I hate to go on this tangent. I hate it. I'm sorry. Maybe WWE ignores, like, outside wrestling. But if you remember... The, the first deletion with Matt Hardy and Jeff? Like, we're talking transformation. He came out Brother Nero. Right. He went in. Did he go in Willow? 
Yeah. Well, no, no. I think he was. I think he was. Yeah. Back to being Jeff. Okay. Hardy I thought he went in Willow, maybe. But like tremendous transformations physically, the way they looked, their mannerisms, their name, their everything about <laughs> you them know, changed. That's actually a good point because you would think the very least they could have done would be when you see Matt Hardy as Woken Matt Hardy. If you go back to the, you know, Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian versus Dudley Boys days uh, uh, and the TLC matches, this guy right now does not look like the Matt Hardy of of that era of WrestleMania 17. Or, it's crazy. So, uh, I would I would ask myself then, why after the transformation, after the ultimate deletion of Sister Abigail? Why don't we have a dramatic physical change to the appearance of Bray Wyatt? Why why don't we have Bray Wyatt with short hair and a mustache? Or, uh, you know, something to identify. Why don't you have Kevin Federline out there with him? Oh, I, I like that idea. Well, I can't. I can't hard find Bray Wyatt. I'll get stuck, man, because it, it just doesn't make sense. It does not. None of it makes sense because... It just doesn't work that way, but I mean, it is what it is. Let's 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 talk about man. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about the rest of the matches on the show. Oh. So, um, so uh, as we said, you know, no title changes. Uh, you know, in in a sense, Bray and and Matt here in this match against the Bar are going to win the uh, Raw Tag Team Titles. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Titles, no change. Bludgeon Brothers defeated uh, the Usos. Vince Quasimodo was a decent match. It but. was it was competitive, uh, and I, you know, I mean, I kind of I understand the idea here that the Usos are finding the formula, finding a way to be tougher, more aggressive, more impactful in their moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I also don't understand the the sensibility of booking this Bludgeon Brothers team as these utterly invincible monsters and then seemingly one week later they are now a team that that uh, get knocked flat on their backs by super kicks or exactly. um, cross bodies. I mean it started with let's see, four weeks ago, let's go through it. Four weeks ago they interrupted the the match the week before WrestleMania. They interrupted the match proceed to kill the New Day and the Usos. At the same time. Same time. WrestleMania, they squashed them both in four minutes, three minutes. Two weeks ago, they destroyed... There was one-on-one matches. Mm-hmm. And they destroyed them. Last week, Naomi interfered, which scored Uso the roll-up on when it was a one-versus-one. Against Rowan. Against Rowan, who's yeah. lost the rock in four seconds at WrestleMania, right. by the way. And uh, this week... They've almost defeated them, both of them. Right. So, in a span of four weeks, these guys went from destruction champions, killing everybody. Un- undefeatable monsters. Undefeatable monsters to, yeah, we just got to outlast them. Stand the Eventually, these guys are going to get tired, and if we can kick them in the face enough, we're going to knock them down over and over again. Eventually, they're not going to get up. Exactly. And I want to know, is there ever been a group that is so, like, must be paired Think Lou Parker and Eric Rowan have. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really understand that, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, no I see what. those guys being brought back together. I, I, it's funny you say that because <laughs> I will say 
I thought the exact same thing <laughs> watching them get paired back up together. Every time. And just like, does Rowan just get really, really sad and lonely by himself backstage if Luke Harper's being forced to do a singles program? Or? Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. Because Luke Harper's really good. Absolutely, like Luke Harper's actually really good. The guy has in some of the uh, in some of the intercontinental ladder matches of the past, the yeah. WrestleMania, he's featured as a singles competitor. He's really impressed. I mean, he had a long independent singles career as Brody Lee. Yeah, um, you know, I think that is a guy. I, I, again, you know, I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the fact that we have a number of guys running around WWE right now whose gimmick more or less, is that they look like they don't shave and don't wash. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, so I could, there's a few things about that kind of thing I could change, but I like the guy. I like... Well, no matter what, his their gimmicks always end up like Hills Have Eyes, Country Hillbillies. Right. No matter what. Right. And it's, I feel like, but Braun Strowman, well, I guess that they had Braun Strowman in there first, too. Right. So, uh, so we have like... Bray Wyatt, Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, and Braun Strowman, all members of the Wyatt family, mm-hmm. all essentially like... I don't know which Virginia they're from, but they're definitely from one of the Virginias. One of them, yeah. Uh, you know, they live in the swamp on the side of a mountain. In the swamp, yes. Uh, they don't bathe, Never don't bathe. shave. What is a shower? Yeah. and yeah. Uh, But now, the Bludgeon Brothers have started cosplaying as Warhammer pieces mm-hmm. um, in their tight but, leather suits and yeah, like rubber Bray, hammers. And, the Wyatt family found a new hobby at home. Yeah. And they brought it. Cosplay. Yeah, cosplay. <laughs> Let me ask you, though. Interesting. Is Braun Strowman still in the Wyatt family, technically? Because I know they do that little stare off at most Royal Rumbles or most, uh, like last year, Royal Rumble when Brain Wyatt, Braun and Wyatt were at the same time, like they stared at each other. I, I I mean I don't know I I don't I guess I guess there is no Wyatt family right now and and you couldn't say that the Bludgeon Brothers are in the Wyatt family I guess even though they're the they're the same guys and have the same names and they have the same gimmick except now they have a hammer with them right which I feel like I feel like if because Eric used to wear the same sheet mask oh yeah yeah he the, wore the mask and yeah, change they did get one new mask made for WrestleMania they got a new mask and then I feel like they didn't hold the hammer but I feel like Luke used to drag something behind him. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like I can remember him like dragging, I want to say a sledgehammer, walking with it and dragging it behind him. But man, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, that 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 whole thing's crazy. Let's, yeah. Can I, can I talk about, can I talk about Seth Rollins in the, in the ladder match? Absolutely. The finish was so good. Because that's what the finish needs to be. How I... When I watch wrestling with my wife, all right, the hardest thing to get people into wrestling that don't really like it or aren't a fan of it is the constant thing that people say, like, so why isn't he just climbing the ladder? Right. Like, why is it, like, when you... When I mean, you, yeah, he's hurt, but everybody else is outside the ring. Yeah. Why is it, at this point, he's climbing, climbing the ladder... Like, 20 times slower than any had. human being has ever climbed a ladder. Exactly. People who, are, <laughs> people who are scared of heights will ascend the rungs of a ladder quicker than this it. man who is one rung... From the belt. Per, per 
one hand grasping one step higher. Mm-hmm. Wait 30 seconds. Then do it again. Put the other hand up on that same rung. Exactly. And let's not talk about the fact that he was he was reaching for the belt from like the third rung too. Yeah. His short self. But I mean, like I'm okay to an extent. Like well, I'm tired and I can't climb because you that need sells, that. That sells that. You know, exactly. it's like this is as high on this ladder as I can climb. I'm terrified. If I'm going to get the belt, it's going to be from here because I just can't climb yeah. any higher. And it's got to... Hey, hey, Vince, can the, can the belt come down some? You know, because yeah. I can't go up anymore. So I get the idea to an extent of, of like, I'm too tired to climb, right? But, like, when you have somebody, the one that I'll see the most is you'll have somebody that hasn't been in the ring in a while. They're taking their break, right? They'll get into the ring. They hit their finisher. They hit their signature. It was the only knock of the NXT TakeOver ladder match that Meltzer gave fives to anyways, is they'll, they'll climb in hit their finisher, everyone's out of the ring, and all of a sudden, they are climbing super slow. Right. I said, you just came back from a 20-minute break, a Mm -hmm. 15-10 minute break, you hit your signature, which is supposed to inspire you to the next level, until you realized you were going to climb Mount Olympus, I guess? They, they, and then you just were emotionally defeated? They put everything they had into that finisher. I guess guess not, because that dude came back four minutes later, but with Seth, he was gone for a minute. Yeah. All right, now, it was... A little bit bad camera because you could see him in the corner, but it is what it is. And he was gone for a minute, so he had his breath back in the kayfabe and in real life. And he jumped on that ladder, mm-hmm. scurried up the boy, grabbed the belt, dropped off, and said, I won. In kayfabe, is Seth Rollins the fastest person there's ever been in WWE? In kayfabe, he is. That run? With the briefcase? When he cashed in Money in the Bank, I've never seen. He was like, other than Charles Robinson running down to the ring, I've seen I've seen uh, Little Nate come close. Seth was, his strides were huge. Yeah. That he was, was getting it done. He was stiff, though. His legs were stiff. He is lightning quick. Though. No, lightning quick. But the way he went up the ladder, I loved it. The match itself was good, but I thought the, I, I want to see a world that there's more endings like that one, that it just makes sense. Yeah. If it was a real fight, or if it was, if this, if if there was a million dollars in that briefcase, because they need to pretend like these belts are cash. Do whatever it takes. You know, and I'm this close, I'm climbing as fast as I can, and you need to work those slow, those slow climbs into the story. Right. They don't always do that well. And I, you know, I mean, it's, you, you know, you talk about stuff like that, um, you know, when you look at the the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match, cage oh, match for the Universal Title, I was hoping these names didn't have to come up. But I think I think so. You know, the finish that we get to this match, which wasn't much of a match, if we're being honest, it, it was it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. The match itself was it was the best one, the better WrestleMania match. Well, right, but essentially, so the match they had would be the match you have if if you are playing WWE. 2K18 with an original NES controller that has two buttons. That's it. So I've got I've got the suplex. You've got a punch and a spear. I do. Thank God we've got two buttons each for a controller because we we we're gonna really break out our arsenals for this. Now match. I have to be a little bit petty though. We did see each one of five of Roman's move. We talked about last week. Yeah, he does get to five every match. Okay, all right. So I mean, this is a super NES controller. All right, we have we have three on the <laughs> yeah. front, and we got those two top ones. As yeah, well. 
One of them, one of them kind of sticks a little. One bit. does one stick. Of, yeah. You don't like using that one. Yeah. Okay. You don't like using that one. Not but... a big fan of L. <laughs> no, no, I don't use that L. Okay. But, um, but the I don't, stuff, I don't take L's. I don't take L's. Yeah. <laughs> they gave Roman the NES controller with six buttons. Yeah. He said, "I only need five. Took Two that. Five. Took that one off. I don't take L's. Don't use that button." <laughs> Funny. But the ending was trash. Yeah. The and, ending. And, it, and it's an example of, like you talk about, you know, if if you were, and the whole, you know, it's exactly what we talked about last week. Wrestling is at its best when it feels the most like this is what you would actually do. This is real. This mm-hmm. is, this is, I believe this because it feels real to me. Exactly. That's when wrestling's at its best. Now, the angle that they did was the Roman speared Brock through the cage. The cage wall fell all the way to the outside with Brock landing on his back on top of the cage, which is now on the floor. But his skin was touching the ground through the cage. Okay. Because if you push your hand in the cage, like it forms around your skin. Possibly there was some skin-to-floor contact. No, guaranteed skin-to-floor contact. But both feet did not hit the floor. His feet were... Clearly not on the ground. And Roman just rolled off of the cage, out onto the floor. Both feet definitely did touch the floor. So we're getting Roman versus Brock 17. Uh, well, so, I mean, Roman Roman won that match according to the rules of that match. Now, the referee's decision was that Brock Lesnar won the match. And there's a simple uh, ending that tells the same story... And accomplishes the same idea that Roman was his own downfall uh, and and lost the match, you know, because of his own actions. If Roman had tried to escape over the top of the cage and seeing Roman, you know, going over the top and beginning to climb down the outside... There's no reason Brock couldn't have simply dived through the door to the outside. And if Brock just made a dive through, through the, the door, door that to the outside, would have been sick. I never thought about that. That'd be Brock sweet. has is forced to just save his championship. So Roman's climbing up, Roman's and Brock just shoulder charges through the cage itself, goes right through the door and to the outside. Not the door, like through the cage, like he got speared. Well, and that would be fine because obviously they had a gimmick panel there, so exactly. that, that panel was capable of coming down. So yeah, absolutely, have Brock just go through the cage and get to the outside. That would have been way better. <clears throat> right. And there's, so again, it's in that scenario, what would you do to win the match, well, the answer is if I'm if I'm Roman Reigns, if I'm Roman Reigns and I'm in this match with Brock Lesnar, what I'm not trying to do is spear him through the cage wall. That's not what I'm trying to do. Agreed. Well, but the spear itself there was really weird spot, just because like if it's real, like this man's back was against the cage already, right? I'm and so, you were like, I'm going, to I'm going to smash my face into that cage. What was the there was? Oh, I've only seen a YouTube clip of it because you've seen it. Somebody legitimately, maybe it was Goldberg, legitimately knocked himself out. Oh, yeah. Because someone was in the corner and he went head first spear, into the post. Head first into the post. Yeah, absolutely. And legitimately KO'd himself. Yeah. So. That definitely would happen. That's what Roman was trying to do. That's what Roman was after. He was trying, he said, I'm tired of it. If you can't beat him, join him. I'm taking it now today. Not only the NES controller. Yeah. So, fuck it. 
I'm yeah. just gonna take. I'm gonna go through. But what you're saying that would have been the sickest ending. I still ah, promise. Would I cared about having another man for him? Though. Well, I, I mean, so you could. He would have been a babyface at that point. Though and Brock Lesnar would have. I think people might have. Brock was desperate. Yeah. And did just whatever he had to do to save the title. And, you know, that's the only way he could have. Because yeah. I legitimately believe, at this point, based on everything I've seen, I don't think the problem is necessarily Roman Reigns anymore at this point. I think it's, 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 uh, Brock isn't actually a real heel. Brock is just a figure. He's an entity that doesn't care if you're heel or a face. He's going to beat you up because he doesn't kick you in the dick. All right. He beats you legitimately and then he gloats about it, which doesn't necessarily make you a bad guy. Doesn't necessarily make you a good guy. Makes you the guy. Right. right? <laughs> you know, but but I mean. So Brock is Brock is what Roman Reigns uh, aspired to be and claimed to be. But Brock is actually that thing. Yeah. But because Brock's not a real heel. In theory is how it's created. Without a heel, you won't have a baby face. And you don't have a real heel. But I bet you if you did something like you just described, Brock is legitimately... He's a combination of so many things. You pair that with Paul Heyman, he's the chicken shit Seth Rollins champion that I hated, but like I knew that was a good one. Because it's hard to get in line with, with when it comes to heels. Because you always say, like, gender was the best example. I don't like gender... I hate him, and I can't. I hate this champion. Everyone's like, "Well, you're talking about it," isn't that the point? They're like, "Yeah, but I'm not talking about it because I hate him. I'm talking about him because he's legitimately bad, and I, I like to talking about how much I dislike him for it." Yeah, it's but it's the it's the it's a fine line, you know. Where's it at? It's that idea that like there's no such thing as bad heat. Bad heat is heat. It's all yeah. hot, you know. So like with Seth Rollins, my wife does not like wrestling that much, but when Seth Rollins kept winning like an ass. She was legitimately angry. Right. You know, she was like, I can't stand this dude. I don't want to yeah. watch him on TV. But then if I told her about an event, she'd be like, but did Seth Rollins lose? You know, so she, she even she's not a big fan, got still got kind of sucked in. So you need, you need to have like a Brock Lesnar, you need to have a reason to hate him. If he did yours, he's that chicken shit heel because he just won in the uphandest way. But right. with Paul Hayden, Paul Hayden's going to say, there's no asterisks here. It doesn't I say here to win. Yeah, it doesn't. You know? It doesn't say the first person to do it the way you want them to do yeah, it. It I, says the first person to to escape the cage to the floor. Exactly. He did that. He did that. Exactly. They did that whole Paul Heyman interferes thing with the cage, but right. you know what I don't like though. I don't like that door on steel cage matches because once that door's unlocked, which you can just call for it to be unlocked, you say, "Hey ref, unlock the door." I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Which, first of all, if you want to keep that, you need to put a time limit attached to that being an option. Mm-hmm. And But once that happens, like, why would you ever actually climb the cage? Well, what I don't like with cage matches is the idea that you can win in, in you know, just as many ways as you can win a normal match. You can win by pinfall. You can win by submission. You can win... By going over the top or by going through the cage door. So it's, you know. Or through the ring. I saw a clip that Big Show won like that before. Okay. He, so. uh, they did a, it was actually really cool. I hate to, I hate to stop it, but, uh, it was so cool what they did. Big Show, Chokeslam, you must have seen this. Maybe it was Kane. 
chokeslam someone through the cage, through the ring itself, put a hole in the ring. And then they were walking their way out the ring. And the person crawled out and put their feet, I want to say, through the bottom of the rope, through the bottom of the ring, onto the regular floor. And they won because of that. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. But, well, yeah, what are you saying? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's too many ways to win the match. Yeah. And when there's too many ways to win, it's a, it's a problem for whoever is supposed to be the babyface. Yeah. Because the... The real babyface way for Roman Reigns to win that steel cage match would be never let Brock escape the cage, pin him or make him tap. All right, hey, sorry guys, we did have a little bit of technical difficulty there. Uh, we're just going to get back into uh, recording this episode, though. Um, so, uh, so we were talking about um, you know the the fact that uh, you know Roman and Brock were in that cage and and really. Um, you know, giving Roman um, the option to to pin Brock, make him submit, or be able to escape the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, it's it's too many options if you want to have Roman be the babyface in this match. Because if he's going to do it right, then he should be able to beat Brock clean yeah. without letting Brock be the one to escape the cage. Exactly. Um, and. You know, I, I'm okay with the idea of a cage match being escape only. Um, I, I I think you don't you don't have to put a referee inside the cage uh, if you do it that way. And I think I like that idea. That makes sense. Um, so no ref inside the cage. The only way to win is by escape. And that way, no ma- It's it's an out for your baby face that you know. They didn't take the easy way out because that's the other thing that's always like people talk about it. But when you're the baby face in the match and you're trying to escape, yeah, exactly. Like, like you're, when you're to, yeah, like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, like just like I may have, I may have beat Brock enough to the point that I can get away from him now. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, well, why do you, you want to get away down from your him? pursuer type thing? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I managed to trip him up. Now I can get away and, and get to safety. And I think the idea should be, like, either that's the only way, and whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, your only choice is to escape. That's just how you win, yeah. Or, you know, or the only way that that you can actually win is by pinfall or submission. And it's fine. Like, if somebody gets out of the cage, that's fine. Go get him. Get him back in the cage, yeah, you know? Get him back. <laughs> you know, yeah, bring exactly. him back in there. Just get him get him to the point where he just doesn't want to fight anymore and he has to give up or you can pin him. Mm. I've always wanted to see a kind of match. And this maybe this is a little bit too extreme. Probably is, but I think it would be sweet. I think it would be really cool to have like a buzzer on either the announcer table or maybe like hanging from a like when they do those flag matches, like hanging from something like there. That it has a stipulation on it and you have to Click the button, and that's how you win the match. So it can be pin, submission, escape. So you can take your ass out of there, and you say, I want it to be submission. So you would click the button, now it's a submission match. Well, okay, that's interesting. So I thought you were talking about something like um, like Ninja Ninja Warrior. Or, no, no, Where no, you no. have to, like, reach a buzzer at no, the end of the course, no, and, like, horrible. that's how you win. No, that's horrible. I just mean, like, just have it say pin for, have it say submission, maybe have it say escape the cage. But it starts as pinfall, mm-hmm. right? But you could, but it, but you want to make it an escape the cage match. So you have to hit him with it, 
You go, that's, that's how you can have like a 205 Live guy actually manage to compete in it because when they climb a cage, maybe they're really fast at doing it. Absolutely. So he scoots his ass out of there somehow, reverses the move, gets out of the cage, doesn't matter right now because he has to win by pinfall. So he goes over to the announcer table, makes it a, a skate match now, gets his ass back in there. Now it's a regular fight, but now they're on more equal terms because he can climb much faster than Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns ever could. Right. The trade-off is if Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar get their ass back over there somehow, well, I guess you couldn't at that point. You'd have, yeah. You know, maybe you'd have to, like, maybe going through the door doesn't count. So they'd have to go through the door, go make it a submission match, and if this big dude puts a little dude in a submission, he's in trouble. So the match dynamic at that point would be this huge guy is definitely going to try to make it a submission match. Mm-hmm. And if he does, you're fucked. Yeah. Because if he gets you, he's going to rip you in half. Right. The little guy wants to make it a, ca- a get-off cage match because he can climb this thing so fast. You know, and it would just be a good way to keep the match a little more, uh, I don't know, fresh, I guess. But, I mean, that Roman Reigns, it's, I think you nailed it. It's, he can't be the baby face because he's trying to escape his best-case scenario. He's not going to pin him in the middle of the ring. So, the match, I mean, it just, it didn't make sense. I think it was back to the idea that check you talked about. They want the Undertaker. They want triples. They want John Cena. They want Triple H, and they want a cage match. Right. So who are we gonna put in it? And 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 I mean I think you know it, obviously it's being talked about a lot in the you know in the opinion uh, you know um, and in 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 general just in the wrestling discussion this week. Uh, where do we go from here with Roman Reigns? I mean, oh God. Well, before we get into that, I gotta say one thing though. The bumps Brock Lesnar took were crazy. Yeah. He was on board. He must have got paid so much. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. He took the power bomb from a top rope. Mm-hmm. He took did he take a power he took a power bomb from the top of the cage almost. Climbed down, I think. No, no, he pulled him down to the top rope and did the power bomb to him from there. He took like he took the kind of bumps. If you remember his WrestleMania match with Dean Ambrose, people knocked it because he was like he wasn't trying to do anything before right. he went to UFC. This was the opposite of that. This was the opposite of that. Yeah. He said, I'm willing to do whatever we got to do. Yeah. So either the paycheck was out of this world, but I mean, I imagine a WrestleMania paycheck's out of this world mm-hmm. for regular people, I guess. And he still wasn't in with it then. So he must have crossed a different threshold because he was on board. Motivated Brock. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so where do we, where's Roman go? He's got to him, you know? He's got her turn it to Molotov. That's it. Please, please, please. If anyone listens to this that has any kind of pull there, please. Because I mean this is this is a this is a plea. This is a bag. I put it like this. I will go to every show and I will buy the Matt Hardy No, no, let me rephrase this. I'll buy the Bray Wyatt shirt and I'll wear it every day that I'm not at work. And I'll buy a new shirt every week and I'll go there and I'll cheer for him out of this world. And keep in mind I cannot stand him. I will do all that if you just please turn Roman Reigns heel because the entire show, the entire main event scene is fixed. The entire thing is fixed. I think that's it. I mean, I think it it gives you, um, I think it gives you the opportunity to say to have Brock Lesnar uh, and Paul Heyman come out, have Paul Heyman be the mouthpiece of Brock Lesnar, and say, let's be honest, you guys love Brock Lesnar. You love him because he's the beast. You love him because he's a monster. You love him because he's your champion. Like, you all love Brock Lesnar. Because you want to be Brock Because he's Suplex City, and he's, you know, he's he's exactly that. Like, he's the champion you want to be. Exactly. So, have Paul Heyman 
just admit that like the fans are fans of Brock Lesnar and he gets the pops he gets for a reason. You know, he gets the pop for the three count at WrestleMania for yeah. a reason. The fans are fans of his. Just acknowledge that. Acknowledge that Brock is really a babyface. Braun is a babyface right now. He gets uh, huge reactions from the fans. We'll put it like this. Roman Reigns beat Undertaker. The entire stadium boos. Brock Lesnar breaks the streak and no one booed. Right. So they do like Brock Lesnar to to some kind of extent. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's just that, it's that simple. I mean. And, and, uh, and you have, you know, you have a roster of uh, babyface opponents. Um, you have a built-in program for babyface Seth Rollins right now versus heel Roman Reigns. And what a good program that is, too. I yeah. mean, we've literally flipped the switch here. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's no reason not to do it, and I just feel like... It's at good this, TV. Yeah, at this point, um, you know, I don't know. Have Roman make excuses. Have him have him be sick of the the fans not listening to his justifications of why he's not Universal Champion. I don't know have about him. excuses. problem is he just needs to turn into Braun Strowman. He needs to be Braun Strowman who he is. He just needs to beat everyone's yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to. See, I don't want to see Roman Reigns trying to flip an ambulance. I just want to see. Well, no, not flipping. I guess. I guess maybe toned down. I'm saying if he has to hit you with a chair and get DQ'd because he lost his temper, like take Braun Strowman and Randy Orton and meet them in the middle. Great. That's it. Perfect. Right there. Done. <laughs> you know? That's it. Give me that guy. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing. I think if you do that. Within two weeks, he'll be the most beloved babyface like in the that. company because it's what people have been wanting to see. Exactly. And but then you don't change him. Then you just keep him as the guys. Stone Cold Steve Austin. He didn't kiss babies when he was getting cheered. He hurt people and drank beer, and they cheered him for it. Mm-hmm. They didn't change his character. To have him shake hands with the announcers because he was a, a fan favorite all of a sudden. They had him stay the exact same guy that the fans wanted him to be. That's what you do with Roman Reigns. That's what you do. Let him become the people the fans want him to be and then keep him there. The fans will be the ones who will turn. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. But the problem is right now Vince thinks the fans are the one that will turn. The current trajectory. Like his idea is right. His application's wrong. Well, if I just keep doing the same thing, eventually yeah. the fans will change their mind. Exactly. Well, but if you change something, I mean, you nailed it, dude. It's that simple. Just let him be that guy. The fans will 100% get behind it. Yeah. Two weeks. I think two weeks. First Raw, the first time he does the heel maneuver, I mean, we don't have exactly what he would do. Say he just hits Seth Rollins with a chair in the back. Full circle type thing. People boo for 30 seconds, right? Then he goes to beating him down. People boo stupid loud, right? Then, that happens at the beginning of the show. Then his music hits at the end of the show, the beginning of the third hour. They cheer loud. Just like that. And that's just the first week. That was two hours ago he turned to you. The next week after that? Yeah, through, through the roof. I'm, I'm... Through the roof. The lock. We will be the number one draw. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people will want to see... People will want to see, like... What what will this guy do exactly. that can do this? I mean, because the one thing we'll all acknowledge is, like, there's not a whole lot of guys on the roster right now that have his athletic presence. No, that, no. That have the Superman punch, the spear, the drive-by, the weapons that he's got. If you will... Oh, 
Five of all five of them. Thank you. He's got that slap that he pulls back deep. <laughs> but uh but uh <laughs> if uh, if if you take that guy, if you take that guy and you say like when you pay your money this week, you're gonna see that guy, you're gonna see all those things, you're gonna see him unleashed in a violent, destructive way yeah. against somebody maybe that you're a fan of. Like I think you have to you have to pay your money and go see that guy and see what happens. You have to. And then I mean even bigger, you have to you just it's so much more intriguing mm-hmm. because we minus Brock Lesnar, you don't see anybody beating Roman Reigns. Alright. But he does a good enough job, like his in ring his matches don't feel as one sided as Brock Lesnar matches do. It's just you already know the results, who cares? Yeah. But like seeing the soul, but if I go into a match, I could get in there with. What if he beats him? I mean, we've seen Roman lose. It's always crazy. Remember when uh, did it was Finn Balor that beat him? Uh, Finn Balor, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, did beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Um, and Seth Rollins has also beaten Roman Seth, Reigns. Clean. He beat him with that uh, that reverse pedigree, mm-hmm. which was sick. All right, um, yeah, Dean Ambrose pinned Seth Rollins. Uh, no, did the pin Roman Reigns to it, that Battlegrounds one? When they had the triple threat. When they had triple threat, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, like, the man's awesome. Every time he loses, it feels like a big deal because it feels like he can lose, um, except against Brock Lesnar. Like, you know Brock, I mean, you know he's going to lose something. Yeah. yeah. Against Brock Lesnar, it's just, it, well, time out. Against Brock Lesnar, you're so convinced he's going to win that you don't care anymore. Well, and, 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 and that they have... They have had to book him into not winning for anything to be intriguing. Exactly. And it's still not, and yet, it, like you said, still it's still not intriguing. Still not intriguing, yeah. Like, Roman lost, but you're like, well, so what does that mean? They're going to do it next week? And the problem is their matches are not, their matches are the same thing every right. time. Which the first one, like the first WrestleMania match they have, was that 32? Uh, I think that was... Uh, 31, maybe? I think it was 31. Was so good. Now, that's real early when I started watching wrestling, mm-hmm. right? So, that was, like, the first WrestleMania that, like, I watched the entire year leading up into it. Right. Right? So, that match, to me, was sweet. I mean, that was, for the longest time, that was what I showed people when I tried to... When they're like, you're a wrestling fan? You know it's fake, right? I'm like, yeah, I know it's fake, but look how sweet this is. Mm-hmm. And I would show them Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns, the first one out. So, the first one was so sick. But it, every match they've done since is pretty much the same. I mean, hell, they did the same spots. Yeah. The WrestleMania one, they did the same one of the pushing that into the post. They threw in the Randy Orton <laughs> slam spot with the elbow, which is really cringy, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. And, I mean, they just do the exact same, exact same match every time. I don't want to see that again. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, we're going to have to because I don't know when anymore. But, well... You know that's uh, I, I think and I think the presumption right now still is uh, that that Roman Reigns is the guy to take the Universal Championship off Brock Lesnar. It's, I do not believe that anymore. I don't think I think there's going to be a transition. I think it's going to be Braun Strowman. I think it's going to be like maybe an Oscar thing that they vacated. I don't know. Maybe you know because. Uh, I don't, I don't It's I, just, it's, it's, you know, it's a shame that, like, when we're talking about the Universal title picture, which is WWE's biggest championship picture, ultimately you're like, well, I'm not exactly sure how they get themselves out of this mess. Because, yeah, exactly. Because you've got Brock, who can't lose to anybody. You've got Roman, who loses to Brock, but can beat anybody else. Exactly. 
Like Braun, the two levels are just Braun, who can beat anybody but Roman and Brock. Yeah, exactly. So you just have these so you two have levels. one, two, and three. Everybody else. and and uh, and those guys can beat everybody else. And 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 we have established too that Braun Strowman can win the tag team championships oh. essentially by himself. No, Nicholas was Nicholas. Roman can beat Braun Strowman. And Brock Lesnar can beat Roman Reigns. So yeah. any one of these three guys could be tag team champions by themselves. By themselves. So they're they're obviously on a level above the rest of the roster. Well, by far. But they to be now. If I just have to talk about this dumpster fire and try to tell you something pretty about it, they did a good job establishing those two, those three. If you got a uh, Braun Strowman, couldn't kick out of five. Roman Reigns kicked out a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar. Kicks out everything. Right. Can't. So, I mean, they, they have established one, two, three in yes. that order rather strong. So the question, I guess, is, you know, is there a forthcoming triple threat match where between Braun and Roman, they are too much for Brock? And one of them yes. takes the belt. Well, the problem is the redundancy is what's going to get them next. Because I think we're all, we all know that no matter what, Brock Lesnar is not going to be around for an extended period of time except for the WrestleMania season. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe the pay-per-view before that one, maybe the one, not using that one after, maybe the Raw after, stuff like that. You got like six weeks, seven weeks right there. But outside of that, he's not going to be there. Right? That's really the idea of why he's going to lose the belt most of the time anyways. It's never that this guy's better or this guy's going to get a push. It's Brock Lesnar's leaving. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, he won't be around for uh, <laughs> exactly. a while. So, assuming that happens, assuming Wells to beat it, now your next problem is mm-hmm. you just have these two that are so clearly established against uh, better than everyone else that, like, I mean, put it like this. If, think of it as triple threat, right? So you have Braun, Roman, I mean, you have Brock, Roman, Braun, everyone else. All right, so then you do Roman versus Braun, First one other guy that's in that bottom pool because it's triple threat somehow. But it's already proven that that guy is so that he could beat him two on one. Right. So how good can that dude, good guy actually do? Now I'm thinking Samoa Joe might be someone they're trying to make a four, but But he's on the other show now. Exactly. So who knows? It doesn't it doesn't it the problem is you're gonna run the redundancy because there's nobody that they've built up. And it's the problem with it's uh, maybe it's why you need fifty fifty booking through the whole thing. Well, I don't want to say that, but I mean, no I one can beat. I don't think fifty-fifty booking gives you champions, not believable champions, not guys that you're like that. That that's that's why the Miz is not like a credible Intercontinental Champion. It works for his character because he's a heel. Yeah. You know, you're like this guy's a heel who says that he's like the greatest Intercontinental Champion, but you know when he's got the belt that anybody can beat him for it because he loses to everybody. Because of fifty-fifty booking, yeah, well, it lose the half everybody, <laughs> right? But, but if if anybody can beat you because of fifty-fifty booking, then you're not a legitimate champion. A champion exactly, needs to not. be somebody who can't be beaten. I mean, I agree, but I, I just I think you do a better job establishing more top-tier people. Well, if you had more, you wouldn't be in this Brock Lesnar. Well, we, I think we talked about this during the week in one of our. Uh, let's talk about wrestling chats, but <laughs> but you know ha- there's nothing wrong with streaks, and and I, it's part of why I'm okay even with the idea that like Charlotte ended Osaka's, uh streak. Yeah, you know 
um, the idea that somebody can go on a streak, that's all you need. Yeah. Because you can win... Now, you know, not everybody needs to win 185 matches in a row or 240 yeah. matches in a row. But what you what you can have is somebody wins for 10 weeks on television, week in, week out, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown Live. Yeah. Somebody wins 10 weeks in a row on television. Where does that put that person in your mind, you know? I, well, I don't understand how... It, it, it's always phrased as a sport, right? It, it's, it's entertainment, but it's phrased as a sport, right? But in every, and they use the same ideas, the same uh, phrases, the same like the stakes are high type of thing, like to compare it to a sport. Like there's, there's real competition. Every single major sport, they have always put into account how much momentum and confidence actually impact your performance. The literal phrase of sports before playoffs, football, hockey. I don't, I've never heard for baseball, but I don't pay much attention to baseball. But basketball, football, and hockey, they would say you got to get hot at the right time. Right. You need your momentum going in. You're playing your best when it matters the most. It's absolutely and it's, it's absolutely true. And in baseball, they do talk about, you know, okay. when you're when when it's getting close to October, like, that's when your team has to be on fire. Because it doesn't matter if you are, if you have the best record out of every pro team the entire season, if you get swept in the first round of the playoffs, guess what? Your year Done. is over. Exactly. So you you go home. Hot. You get hot at the right time. So they, they talk about momentum, they talk about confidence, and they talk about it having a meaningful impact on your your team's result. Right. And there's... Use that. There's, you know, a, a football season is 16 games. That's it. It's not... It's not... that When you talk about... Only a few teams have ever gone undefeated. For those games, they don't have to go undefeated forever. Exactly. You know, you, it's like the the New England Patriots, uh, the Miami Dolphins, the Chicago Bears. It's okay if you lose a game last year, but so far this year you've won all your games. Exactly. It's all right. It's fine. It means you're stronger now than you were last year. You're yeah. undefeated right now. Um, that's what you can do with professional wrestling too. There's no reason that that somebody like a, a Finn Balor can't propel himself up to the top, to the championship level, by going on a hot streak. Yeah, Something changes. Hot is the right time. Something changes, and in wrestling, because it's a, a one man show, in a lot of the time, you know, you can do a instead of saying like they we made some roster changes, we we developed some new plays, you know, we 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 made some some. Uh, some new new tactics in the off season. Well, no, it's just one guy, and there's no training. off season. I've just been training. Well, and, and this is where you can also bring in your you know the fact that personal storylines can yeah. have something to do with where this is all going. Agreed. Yeah. Maybe what Finn Balor needs is maybe he really needs a win over one person maybe there's one person that he just got really that needs monkey to beat. off my back yeah. and now it's like now he's got the confidence now That's he it. knows he can rely on himself now he knows he has the tools to get the job done and he just does not lose exactly. he has another match next week you know what's going to happen he's going to win exactly. he's going to have another one next month at the pay per view you know what's going to happen there he's going to win he's just feeling he, good now he keeps know? winning and all of a sudden you're talking about the fact that Finn Balor's on a streak Finn Balor's hot. Finn Balor, he can't lose. Exactly. But the, what they need to do is they need to wait. Like, like, don't run a promo about it. Don't talk about it. 
Don't bring it to the light of everything that was. Let your audience on. tell you. Let your audience tell you. Wait, wait, wait for wait a month first, and then have Corey Graves when everyone's cheering for him. Be like, why are they cheering for this dude? And then an hour later on the show, he's gonna say, "Yeah, I went back, you know, and I looked at, you know, his record in the last month. Did anybody know that Finn Balor hadn't lost in a month? In six weeks, he hadn't lost. Right, Renee." See if you can go talk to that man. See what's going on. Right. He and lost then, in a long time. Say, go back there. Finn, what's changed? And the, the top of hour three, you have Finn Balor win. Now, Renee's got to stop him. Finn, you're 7-0 and oh in the mm. last two months. What's next for you? Oh, well, now we're going to find out what does Finn Balor think is next for Finn Balor. Mm. Exactly. Now, you can go you can go face or you can go heel right there. Yeah. You know? Oh, eight no, <laughs> yeah. you know, or well, I didn't even really even know I was on that kind of streak. That's awesome. I'm finally getting it together, ain't I? You know. Yeah. You know, maybe but, now, maybe now your GM says, you know what? I didn't realize that either. But, exactly. but this, this, you know, now maybe we need to start talking about championships. You're you're but, contender for. But, but now talking about championships and talking about didn't realize them. Let's talk about the greatest world around itself. Well, so so. I just want to make sure. I know you said you enjoyed the the Nakamura AJ Styles match. There wasn't that much. I didn't to talk like the about. ending. It was a house show. Double ending. count out. I mean, personally, I, I I understand people don't like the ending. I'll tell you this. I, so here's the thing: as somebody who's been a professional wrestling fan for over thirty years, yeah. I miss the fact that double count outs and double disqualifications just don't happen anymore. It's part of the rules of wrestling. What's a double disqualification? They hit each other with the chair at the same time? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're brawling on the outside. Uh, you know, the referee's warning both of us we need to get back in the ring. Uh, you know, you I've got the ring bell. You've got a chair. Both of us want to use weapons. You know, it's not allowed in this match. Oh, so he just, just says, look, we're done. Furious. Yeah, yeah, disqualify both of them. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, I just don't think, I don't think that stuff has any business in a, in a, in a, 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 an event that they're pitching like WrestleMania. Well, and, and I, I, I... I'm okay with that at a house show. I understand that, and it's a dissatisfying finish, but you had clean finishes. You know, you did have Jeff Hardy pin Jinder Mahal clean for the U.S. title. Retained, defended... It doesn't surprise anyone. Right, but I mean, you had clean finishes to matches, so I, I'm okay with the idea that there can occasionally be a double countout. Or a champion can get disqualified and retain his championship I'm because okay he got disqualified. Too, but I want to I see that and show that pitch like WrestleMania. Well, I mean, when can, you ever, when can you ever book that finish and have people say they wanted to see it? You know, it's, it's again, I understand. Monday Night Raw. <laughs> well. Monday Night Raw. Instead of having Miz do this. You know how you know how they always do that walk down to the ring. Samoa Joe just did it against uh, Brock and against uh, Roman. I mean, they walk down there halfway. I'm gonna do this match. Up, oh, just kidding. Turn around. Have a guy go the distance. Say I'm gonna do this match. Roll into and then the ring. Star, start ring the ding, bell. Ding, ding. Roll, Roll the back ring. out. Wait ten seconds. Or I did the match. You walk, ba- walk back up the ramp. Mm-hmm. I did the match. You could have came and got me. Yeah. Head to the locker. Yeah, don't make excuses. You could have came and got me. You know. I mean, I. Got, yeah, there's a place for it because I think it does. It's it's a great way to tell stories, but not 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 like not not an event like that. Well, I so I like I said, I don't I don't I don't have a big problem with the fact that those finishes exist, and I think like a lot of people they seem to like not want there ever not to be a clean finish. I'm not saying you're I'm not saying you're in that camp. I'm no, not saying no, everybody. I'm not saying everybody's in that camp, but I do think there are people who it just seems like every time 
there's a finish that's not a clean finish. You know, they complain about that type of ending being used and how that's a bad finish. And I don't think it's always a bad finish. And I think, in if nothing else, look, if the program, if the program is meant to continue on and you're not ready to change the, the if you're not ready to change who's champ yet, so you're not ready to change the belt, yeah. you want the program to continue, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Because number one, it reminds fans that it's always a possibility that one or both guys can get counted out of the ring. But it also it, reminds fans, like, why don't you do that all the time then? Well, because you're a fighting champion. You didn't necessarily do it on purpose. Like, you're a fighting champion. It just happened. The other thing is, um, you know, it gives you a good reason to set up in the next match. Maybe our next match needs to be an environment where it's not possible to get counted out. Maybe we need to have a street fight. Maybe we need to have something that makes sure there is a definite finish. And yeah. maybe that's the match where we do change who has the belt, or maybe that's the match where ultimately... Well, I mean, that's, that's why Gimmick Match came to be. Right, but they're blow-offs, and that's the thing. You need something, you need a screwy finish to lead to a blow-off in a lot of instances. So I don't have a problem with a screwy finish like that. Uh, as long as it leads to something good. As long as it leads to something good. And like I said, I like fans being reminded that the rules are there for a reason. That uh, a champion can't lose the belt by count-out or disqualification unless the rules stipulate otherwise. And I like the idea that you can be reminded. I, mean, I would like to see a champion that takes advantage of that. I love that idea. I told, I, yeah, I've said it for many years. Time, yeah. if, if, I were, if I ever got my hands on a championship belt... I would be champion forever Correct. because I would find every loophole to get myself disqualified or counted out that I don't have to vacate my title. I'll take a loss but retain my championship. Okay, so many else. Yes. I'll be owing 100. Absolutely. Roman, 100 days. Roman Reigns dropped that L button from that controller. I found, I found it. it. I picked it up. I cradled it, nurtured it, and loved it. Exactly. And I just keep tapping that L over L, and over L, and over L, again. Give me L's. But I still got my belt. Exactly. Loser. But still champion, champion yes. Know? I mean, my stipulation is, look, I'm only doing this match with you if I'm allowed to use my own ref. That's right. a great idea. I'm allowed, I'm allowed to use my own ref because I don't trust these other refs. That's I trust so, my guy. Yeah. So I come down to the ring with my ref. He's in my corner. He's standing by me. Ding, ding, ding. Right hook to his jaw. <laughs> he slept. <laughs> I'm disqualified. Oh, no. <laughs> you kicked your own referee in the knee. That's terrible. And loser. <laughs> But still, you're champion. <laughs> Man, it's a shame that ref really seems to have it in for you, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good paying job. Uh, yeah. But let's move on, man. Let's talk All right, about so the greatest Royal Rumble. Greatest Royal Rumble. I don't... The problem with the Royal Rumbles, for me, is not a problem. Let me just say it's not a problem at all. It's just based on inexperience. Because they're once a year, and because I've been watching wrestling that long, I've only seen three. Mm -hmm. I've only seen three ever. And the ones I saw, I saw Roman Reigns win. Not the happiest result ever. It wasn't that. It wasn't that good. It wasn't like magic or like some people pretend these are. I no. So I've seen four. This saw this one. I saw Roman Reigns win. Then I saw who won the year after that. Randy Orton won. Then Triple H won. Well, Triple H won first. That was the year it was for the championship. Yes, yeah, so Triple H won. Then mm. the next year, Roman won? No, the next year, Randy Orton won. Oh, then Randy Orton won. Uh-huh. And then... Shinsuke this year. Then Shinsuke this year. Uh-huh. Yeah, so those... Then I saw the one that Roman... So Roman's never won. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Roman. So it went Roman, Triple H, 
Randy Orton, Shinsuke. Right. Yeah, so those are four I saw. Mm-hmm. None of them were that good because they all involved Roman at the end. That's true. Tom, there is a common denominator <laughs> when it comes to Royal Rumbles. And, uh, and and you know, I, and I'm sorry for uh, for the fact that you haven't seen... Uh, have you ever seen the 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 '92 Rumble players? I've only Rumble? seen those. Okay, so that's that's going to be uh, something we are going to have to correct. Is we're going to have to we're going to have to at some point watch and discuss the 1992 Royal Rumble, which might be the greatest Royal Rumble match of all time. Well, was it better than the greatest Royal Rumble match that's ever happened? Far and away. So let's get into this. Uh, we started off the greatest Royal Rumble with some star power. Um, Daniel Bryan. And then the real star, Ziggler um, came in second. Yeah, Ziggler, uh, who still got his just atrocious entrance. The record skips, and then there's no sound for like 10 seconds, which doesn't make any sense. None. And then his regular song starts up, which doesn't make any sense. Yo, it's so I mean, there's it's different, man. Nothing about that really... Uh, really makes a whole lot of sense to me, and I don't think that's going to help get his character over. Um, well, his, the whole point of the entrance, though, see, I consider myself a Dolph Ziggler expert. I consider myself one with Dolph, so that's not a little creepy, my bad, if you ever hear that, Dolph. But, you know, I've been, I've been following Dolph for a while, and, you know, I'm be, I've been a fan for a long time. All right, so, so when it comes to interpreting what Dolph's going for, I feel like I'm fit to do it. So what his entrance is doing is supposed to be trash. Because his gimmick is saying, I don't need a good entrance. Like, if Shinsuke didn't have a good entrance, he'd be trash. If Undertaker didn't have an 11-minute entrance, he'd be trash. Eh, probably not. But then so many people are dependent on their entrances. Right. Seth's character, now I'm a big fan of Seth, all things considered. Right? Well, let's, let's, Seth's character changed so much. Let's, let's cut to the heart of the matter. Bobby Roode. If he wasn't yes, glorious, yes, if he wasn't glorious, if he wasn't glorious, he'd be nothing. That is 100 right. That's what Dolph, the point of Dolph's entrance is. Right, is it's trash, and he's because he's saying, "I don't need entrance. I don't need any of these gimmicks that y'all use." Because when I get in that ring, no one's better. Now he does take L's at a Bray Wyatt pace, and the the problem so. the problem with his character, and, and and again, it's something that's talked about is he's and and, and look, we're if you're a professional wrestling fan. And you've seen Shawn Michaels perform at the highest level, then by God, I hope you're a Shawn Michaels fan. Mm-hmm. I hope you appreciate the body of work that that man put into the business because he's one of the best there's ever been. But that being said, I don't know if there's uh, I don't know if there's a a bigger Shawn Michaels fan that's ever lived than Dolph Ziggler, and I think you know. So the things that we see Dolph Ziggler try to do to get himself over are attempts to be 115% Shawn Michaels. And and you just realize when you go over that 100% mark that you've gone a step too far. Well, what about the Miz? The Miz took all the Empire's offense. Well, but, but so in the greatest Royal Rumble match for the half hour that Dolph Ziggler was in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was... In peril the whole time, he was threatening elimination the whole time. He was on the wrong side of the ropes, on the ring apron, holding on for dear life, both feet nearly touching the whole, the floor, the whole time. Now, if I got to defend Dolph Ziggler one more time, he's in the greatest Royal Rumble for thirty minutes. But some reason, for some reason, I don't know what the reason. You can tell me the reason. You paid attention to what he was doing all the time. 
Well, which I feel like makes him good because the camera is going to the camera's going to cut to somebody. Power. The, no, the camera's going to cut to somebody who's on the verge of elimination when nothing else is happening because it creates that sense of excitement. Like, oh look, he's about to go over. Now the the same thing happened for Daniel Bryan in that match too because Daniel Bryan also played the part of the character we love who's in peril. The difference is Daniel Bryan wasn't in peril the entire time he was in the rumble. He was he was taking an ass whipping for an Did awful lot of the time. Chest? Yeah. Oh, hamburger God. meat. Yeah, that was gross. But he was taking an ass whipping, but he was also dishing one out. He was kicking Kurt Angle in the chest. He was waiting for his opportunity to get his hands on people he wanted to fight. Yeah. And he was taking the fight to people. And so he stayed inside the ring and and he told a story of you know, being in there for longer and having, you know, certainly more success in the match. You get eliminated by Big Cash, you weren't successful. Well, if you get eliminated, uh, you know, by Kurt Angle, German suplex gone wrong, uh, not even halfway through the match, you're also not successful. Fair enough. So I mean, that's a pretty reasonable thing to say. I mean, fair enough. So there were a lot of there were a lot of people in this match that are, you know, uh forgettable. Like I said, I did like seeing Roderick Strong. Um uh and uh, it was it was cool to see Chris Jericho. I wondered what on earth was going on with his hair. Me too. I like Dan Mather a lot. So Dan Mather, we actually saw him saw at Dan. NXT. Yeah, that was the guy that he said you looked like a Q-tip. Yeah, NXT <laughs> Live. And uh, so I read something online that said he was originally supposed to debut like over two years ago. Days ago. Over two or two years ago, and uh, and got attacked by Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't been seen since, and this was his re-debut. What a recovery period. Yeah. Samoa Joe is... Well, we did we did see him a couple months ago in the recuperating, you know, yeah, like yeah, getting yeah. back on his feet and trying to wrestle again. He didn't get a W then either. No, he didn't. I don't think he's ever got a W. Probably not. Eh, it is what it is. Someday. He's on, a, he's on a streak right now. Maybe that streak will turn around. What's his streak? Participations? Uh, so, <laughs> so far, at least that I'm aware of, 0-3. Oh 1-2... I've seen one. I've seen two. What's the third? Well, Samoa, I'm going to count Samoa Joe. Oh, okay. Samoa Joe's out. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, I got 0-3. Dan Madley. I mean, he's cold. Yeah. But there's nothing saying he cannot heat up. It's okay to be on a streak. You can be on a streak. That is confidence. Things, get up there, things you know? can turn around. You get a win here. You get a win here. Hey. You're feeling good. You're fueling yourself. You, you know feel? what? Sometimes you, everybody watches a match and goes, well, okay, I already know who's going to win this match. Like, this is a foregone conclusion. If you get surprised... Hmm. Oh man! I'm telling you what. So, were you surprised that Braun Strowman won? Uh, I mean, I, I I felt like at the at the end, when when it was down to Braun Strowman, Big Cass, and Daniel Bryan, my biggest fear was that Big Cass was going to eliminate Daniel Bryan. Uh, it came true. It came true. Quickly. Yep. Uh, my hope then was he, that then he said, "Take out my trash." Yeah, that's cringy. Yep, uh, right up there with uh, with <laughs> he's. I think he's attended the Roman Reigns school of delivering uh, strong babyface promos in and the lines. Most uncomfortable fashion. Yeah. What else did he say? He said I, no. The, the week before that, he said, "You look like a man that takes out my trash," but I don't remember the last one. But it, it was he's weird, dude. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, Braun won. I was happy with that. I was kind of hoping that you would get a scenario with like Braun and Cass being so tall, like both trying to throw each other over the top, and they're both kind of teetering on the top rope, and maybe Brian could come in and dump both of them at once. Uh, I think Brian coming back from an injury as long as long as it had him on the shelf for it, kind of would have been cool to have him get the the win. But that said, I mean, um, you know, Braun's fine. They want to keep Braun protected and strong as a monster. He's not a tag team champion anymore, but he is a champion. Oh, here we go. What's he a champion of? I'm not exactly sure. He's definitely the greatest Royal Rumble champion. What are you talking about from the trophy? What are you talking about from the dang belt that from, showed up? From the belt. Oh, the, my the, God. I can't believe that belt. The, the palm tree belt. The Saudi belt. That's uncomfortable. You said it best. They lied to us, Charles. They, I, I feel like, I feel like everything about this event was like two faced. Oh God! That yeah. that the English speaking audience, the audience back home in the U.S., was being told one thing about what this show is, <laughs> and there's somebody's going to win this fifty man Royal Rumble match. But there's no championship on the line. There's not even a title match on the line. People talked about the fact exactly. that when you win, you don't even get a title match. People were asking, what are the stakes? Why, why, why like, if matter? you win the biggest Royal Rumble of all time, yeah, what do you get? No title match? 50-man Royal Rumble, no title match. Yeah. And, and, and people asked about that, and they said, oh, well, there's a trophy. So, okay, fair enough, it's the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You don't actually get anything for winning, but you do get a trophy. You, you, get, a, you, get, you, get, you get a bad prize for winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Yeah, and yeah. Mojo Rawley yeah. won it. Cesaro. Nothing. Cesaro, nothing. Baron Corbin. More nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh, God, yeah, don't win that one. Yeah. Do not win that one. Win the greatest Royal Rumble if you're going to win anything. Well, I guess you get Saudi Kids money. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, because that was a super-duper weird thing that they didn't tell anybody they were going to win it, and then they won it. Right, and, and then all of a sudden, there's a championship belt that's never been discussed, never been shown before. I promise you, Saudi people knew it was like I promise you, the, the, exactly, that the U.S. audience was not seeing this, and their audience was being told, because they actually did say, at the beginning of the show, they actually did say... That it the mat that Royal Rumble match was going to be for the trophy and championship, and I asked like, what championship? What? But they said it a little different than that, didn't they? They, they did. Said, they they made it seem like it was the championship trophy. They did, but they said like, that's trophy essentially what they said. Is they said trophy and championship, and it almost is again like they're trying to lie about this, and like they're trying to imply. We just, guys, we just mean the trophy. Like we, that's all we mean. It's just we mean the trophy. Yeah, because they, they don't want us to care about the Saudi Arabia show that much. Well, I think it's the idea that like they're play at noon on Friday, and they're but they're creating this. They're creating a championship belt, which is essentially it seems like a Saudi championship belt or Middle Eastern championship. Royal Rumble championship. I don't know what it is because they wouldn't tell us. Yeah, they didn't they, tell they, us why they he won. They wouldn't be honest about the fact that they clearly made a belt for this event, which they now have awarded to Braun Strowman as the winner. Um, when and where does he defend it is the question I, I think we presume next year. Does he defend in singles match or in the Royal Rumble? Well, so here's the good question then. If Braun Strowman competes in the traditional Royal Rumble match, 
is the greatest Royal Rumble championship on the line? That's a good question. Like, this could be like the R-squared circle championship. Squared circle championship. The way, like, if you win this match, you might be the new squared circle champion. What if that's what it is? So, this belt, like, it'll be interesting to see if we see this belt again, when we see it next. And and if there's going to be, like, a linear championship where... Somebody wins the Royal Rumble next year, and they're technically the Royal Rumble champion, but Braun still has the belt. Yeah. I want to know if next year, because this one was the greatest Royal Rumble, Mm -hmm. so if next year they do 50 people again, it would be the same? It would just be the Royal Rumble again? (laughs) So are they going to have to go 51 or 55? I I think you have to start counting down now, because this was the greatest Royal Rumble. 50 men. Next year it's got to be like 49. 51. Said okay, Royal Rumble. 48. That's all right. 48, Royal Rumble 3 from Jetta. 47. Royal Rumble's usually 30, ain't it? Yeah. Wow. So we got 20 years to make it down to a normal Royal Royal Rumble. Rumble. So actually, we have 20 years of like a really excellent Royal Rumble with 36 guys in it. (laughs) Yeah. And we're just still counting down. Just counting down. And when they get back to zero. Remember the greatest when they had 50? That yeah. was the greatest Royal Rumble. And Vince probably still be alive for some reason. Is like, yeah. 20 years. Remember, remember that billion dollar check he 20 years, I'm not counting Vince McMahon. I don't believe it. He can't have much left. All right, man. Well, that's, uh, you got anything else left to say about it? Uh, no, I mean, I think we're, we, we, we've, uh, you know, certainly put, put long <laughs> enough into the greatest Royal Rumble this week. It was a five hour show. Uh, so, you know, it was. Uh, as you kind of mentioned last week, it, it, what we anticipated, it was WrestleMania, I won't go as far as 34 and a half, but maybe WrestleMania 34 and a quarter. Um, it was a big event with a lot of fireworks and a lot of spectacle, a lot of titles on the line, nothing really, All of them. nothing much really, ha- including the Royal Rumble Championship. Um, yeah, we left there with more championships than we came with. Seven, seven championships on the line, but we came home with eight. So, uh, that's big news. Yeah. That's good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, we, we didn't get to, um, the, the thing we said last week we were aiming for, um, which was going to be booking Zol- Dolph Ziggler into the World Heavyweight Championship again. No, here's uh, the spoiler. It, it finished with him winning the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. It happened anyways. So, that'll be next week. Next week we'll tell you how, you can change Dolph Ziggler's booking and put him back on top in the world wrestling entertainment. And uh, for better or worse, I will promise after that segment, that's that's for me. Well, okay? no. Then we will move on to other people well, in no. the Dolph Ziggler infatuation. Remember, this is what we talked about. The idea is every week we're going to promise them that we're going to book Dolph Ziggler back into the championship. Now, since that's not technically possible... <laughs> We're going to promise it every week. Oh, We're never right. going to do it. Just never here. Right. Yeah, good point. All right, next week, guys, tune in. All We're right. We're going to put in the championship. Appreciate you, uh, Corey, here. And- yeah, this is Charles, and uh, thanks for listening to us again. Um, don't forget, shoot us your emails with your thoughts, close to the mark podcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, like uh, us, subscribe to it. Please, guys, this is a, a brand new podcast. We're going to be recording every Sunday. We'll be putting new content out there for you to uh, hear. So please do subscribe so you get the notification when the new, ep- new episodes are live. Um, please tell your friends. Please give us a like, a share. Let other people criticism. know about it. Absolutely. 
And, uh, you know, for those of you who are uh, part of, uh, you know, the Reddit uh, Squared Circle Wrestling community, we are as well. We'd be happy to join you there for any discussion of what we discussed on the podcast. Absolutely. Maybe we could even have like a weekly podcast roundup on Squared Circle and ask people That's a good idea. To, to get involved with yeah, it. Yeah, like there. a mailbag questionnaire from Absolutely. Squared Circle. That'd be awesome. Love to hear that. Yeah, um, so thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Charles and Corey here for Close to the Mark podcast, and we'll see you again next week. Episode 2, wrapping up. Put it in the books. Hey.